Hey guys, welcome to the fifth episode of the Chatty Fox Conversations with the 20 something with me, Melissa, a 20 something. I I decided that little part right there is going to be my intro for every episode. I feel like the first few episodes, they've been different. I've been feeling very weird. I don't know how to introduce myself, but now I think I'm just going to settle with that. That's going to be my formal intro from now on. Thank you if you tuned in again to listen to my newest episode. I appreciate you guys. I know this is a little passion project of mine, and I was just thinking about this today before I was going to record this. I was like, wow, like people are really listening to me. People like me. I struggled a little bit, which I actually, I already know when I'm going to talk about my next episode, and I'm going to talk about more about this. But I've been struggling because I'm like, I don't want to come off as like unsolicited advice, even though that's probably what I'm going to do in this whole podcast. But it comes like it's going to probably just come naturally because I'm talking about topics related to me or to being in your 20s. And that's just like a thing that comes with it. And I just want to disclaim, like a disclaimer for to remember for the future. Take it with a grain of salt. I'm, I'm just a fellow twenty-something who is going through it and just wants to talk about it and have uh, literally have a conversation. Like that's it. I'm not a TED Talk. I'm not your therapist. I'm not your parents. Like don't take what I say seriously. And I think that's why I also wanted to do this, because if someone disagreed with me or if someone thinks otherwise or if someone actually agrees with me and wants to talk more about it, like they're open to that. I want you to tell me what you think. Just be nice, please. Like I said, I'm a Pisces, so if you disagree with me, be nice about it. That's also why I'm probably not going to talk about controversial stuff. But anyway, enough of that. I wanted to make this episode a little more lighthearted. I have a lot going on in my life, um, like academic-wise, work-wise, and just events coming up, like my birthday, my boyfriend's birthday, and just other appointments I have. So I wanted just to make a quick episode that I can just chat about without having to worry about researching or editing or because, you know, editing takes a lot of time. So I just wanted to talk about something that is just going to come naturally to me and I can just record this and be done with this and post this. And something obviously lighthearted and interesting or at least to me. And if you follow me on Instagram or follow the podcast on Instagram at the Chatty Fox Pod, then you know what I'm going to be talking about. And if you are interested in knowing about me and my trip to Seattle, then keep on listening. And if you're not, I'm sorry. (laughs) This episode is literally just going to be about my experience in Seattle and wine tasting and just like my putting my knowledge to the test in Seattle. So if that's not your thing, I'm sorry. I hope you can still (laughs) have this playing in the background or next episode I hope you will like because next episode I feel like it's a very important topic especially if you're in your 20s even if you're not in your 20s that one's pretty relatable um so i suggest you stay tuned next week but yeah this episode is going to be basically 
or it's called wine wine so wine dash ing my way through seattle just a clever title i came up with trying to implement my wine knowledge in seattle and i i i had a good time and i think it was mixed like it was definitely an experience so if you want to know why i feel that way i'll tell you why after the wine segment so without further ado let's start the wine pairing and let me introduce the wine pairing for this episode which is also relevant because i actually got this bottle at one of the wineries i went like that i visited at seattle and the winery is well the winery itself is called audacity winery but the let me see the the wine company is called alexandria nicole sellers so let's go off the vine and open this bottle like i said this bottle is called adulting sparkling rosé wine and it's 12.5 percent alcohol so it's a good time and it's a twist off so let's open it okay i'm kind of scared i never opened a sparkling wine that has a twist off i thought they were just like that champagne pop cork thing so hopefully this one doesn't Oh my god, I'm struggling. Oh, hold on. I have I'm having some difficulties. Okay, I'm back. My mom has those grip things. Oh my god. It's probably hard because it's really Oh, that wasn't that bad. <laughs> that was like a soda. Oh my god, it smells so good. Okay, so I took, well, before I took a sip, I smelled in the bottle and it smells very like floral. I can't really smell anything else besides that. It does smell really good though. And I just took a sip and I'm tasting like a light fruit type of (laughs) taste. I don't know. I'm having a hard time like my palate really i'm trying to train my palate but i'm tasting a very light fruit um to be specific like melon maybe some type of melon let's actually read the bottle (laughs) let's see if i'm right or if i'm even close so believe it or not the bottle doesn't say anything about the notes it's just i think it's just a cute bottle and it's its thing is to be cute aesthetic aesthetically pleasing and funny and relatable but it has no information on there so i went on the website and their website says aromas of fresh strawberry cranberry pomegranate and watermelon are alive on the nose which also displays a subtle floral component the palette is loaded with more watermelon bean cherry white peach and honeydew melon Wow, I guess I was right on the floral scent and the, I guess the honeydew melon, I'm gonna give myself that. So it's actually pretty good. I mean, to be honest, the name is what caught my attention, what made me want to buy it. And it was pretty affordable too. It was less than 20 bucks, which I was, I was actually really surprised because I, I felt, I feel like 
when you go to wineries or tasting rooms and you buy a bottle, they're going to be more than 20 bucks because they need to make their money or something. But overall, I give this bottle a 9 out of 10. I love sparkling rosé. Um, it was a little on the dry side. And I wish the bottle had like more information. I mean, it, it has cute quotes and stuff, but I love it overall. So today's wine lesson is going to be on wine etiquette at a restaurant. And what I mean by that is like the wine etiquette and like ordering the wine. So I'm just going to talk about the process of what it is to order wine because I actually didn't know a lot of these. And I'm hoping that this is kind of useful. It may not sound useful, especially if you don't like wine, but you know, maybe if you want to take your partner to a really nice restaurant for a special event and they actually do these steps in their wine serving, then at least you'll know what to expect as, as, as compared to me who was not when I went to Seattle surprisingly right you would think or i would think i thought i knew and i didn't so hopefully what i say is a little helpful to you the next time you go out to a restaurant so without further ado here are here are the steps and i'll probably give some tips as well first things first what i didn't know and you and i'll talk more about that later is that the person who orders the wine is automatically the point of contact slash the leader of the table so Basically, if like if you're on a date, if you and your partner are on a date and let's say you are talking to the sommelier and order the wine, then the next steps that I'm going to talk about are for you only, literally, like only the person who orders the wine has to remember, remember all these, like everyone else is just going to be chilling there, making, hoping that you make the right decision for everyone else. So yeah, no pressure. Second. Or just second tip, I guess, is to actually talk to the sommelier and ask for tips and recommendations, which you'll learn later that I didn't. Um, but that's literally their job, and that's what they want you to do. So it's important to do that because, especially if you don't know anything about wine, it's better to just ask and to double check and to get informed by someone who does instead of pretending because sometimes they'll catch, like, I heard that they'll catch you on the act. So it's probably just best to ask for recommendations, especially if you're going to drink wine with food. Because they will really help you at least narrow down your decisions, which is a lot helpful. Which you'll see why. Because I'm going to talk about how long that wine list was at one of the restaurants I went to. Okay, and then so let's say, you know, you order whatever. They leave. They come back with the bottle and the first thing they're going to do is show you the label. Like they're literally going to come and put the bottle, <laughs> they're going to put the bottle on your face and just like that, like they're going to wait there and what they're waiting for is for you to approve it. So I guess this is like a common thing because they may bring out the wrong wine and what I mean by that is that you have to approve that that, that, that is the brand the vintage, and if you remember in my second episode, vintage is the year on the, on the bottle. And that's the right style and the region that you ordered. So let's say you wanted to order um, 2018 Cabernet from Napa Valley. 
maybe they're gonna bring you a 2019 cabernet from napa valley so you have to look at that and make sure that they gave you the right one so then you know you look at it you approve it it's the right one the next thing they're gonna do is open it obviously they're gonna cork it and then they're gonna set the cork down and then probably pause you're gonna be like what the fuck like what do i do with this like do i eat it <laughs> do i taste it no actually you're not even supposed to smell it which probably which i actually would have done if they did that to me low-key but no what you're just supposed to do is just look at the cork and they say that you're supposed to look at the cork and make sure that it's moist on the bottom and that it doesn't look faulty and by that it, it means like make sure it's not crumbly it's not broken it's not ugly because that means the bottle was stored well especially if it's moist in the bottom the wine is supposed to be stored sideways so that means the wine is supposed to wet the cork okay so once you approve that too then they're gonna pour a little bit of wine in only the liters glass yes you heard that right if you ordered it only you're gonna get wine in this step and this reason is because they also want your approval on the wine like you know once you have it in your glass so what i read in this article that i'm gonna i'm gonna i had got all this information on sources that i'm gonna link in the episode descriptions there's two articles and in one of them they said they say that you're supposed to just swirl the glass and sniff it so you're supposed to sniff it or smell it like to make sure that it's not faulty or like um, not expired but you know sometimes the way that wine's made or transported in trucks can really damage the wine so just smell it and make sure that it doesn't smell bad and by bad they say that bad wine tastes like vinegar or like wet cardboard so just sniff it and make sure that it doesn't smell like that or else it's good um, and the reason why I said I got it from two articles is because the other one says that you're not supposed to sip it like this is not you to taste it it's just for you to smell it and make sure it doesn't smell or like look bad and i think that's so funny because you're gonna learn later on that i know that anyway so you smell it it's good this is your final approval once you look at it and you smell it and it's good and then it's approved and then he pours the rest of the table first and then pours you last. So the little bit he gives you to approve, after that he's gonna pour everyone their wine and then you're last. And yeah, he leaves or he or she leaves and now you guys can enjoy your wine. So cheers. <laughs> That's just a little rundown, a little quick rundown of wine etiquette that I wish I knew before my Seattle trip. And now you guys will know. So you can take your partners, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your mom, your sister, your brother, whoever you want to take to a nice ass bushy restaurant and they serve wine like this, you're going to know. You're going to expect what to expect and you're going to surprise them and you're going to come off as a bougie, bougie bitch, not snobby. Um, 
because you'll learn later. I keep referencing later. I am such a tease. But I dealt with the wine snob, and I didn't know that. I didn't know what wine snob meant until this trip. Anyway, so that was the wine segment. Actually, to end off the wine segment, I also just want to say that I recently found out just literally 10 minutes before recording this episode that you can take your own bottle to these bougie-ass wine restaurants or fancy dining, and they can open it for you with a fee, which is pretty cool. I didn't know that. Um, Just obviously, like, the bottle that you're taking has to, one, not be on their wine list, and two, meet or, like, match the price range. Because obviously, you're not going to go to a bougie-ass restaurant and take barefoot, a liter of barefoot wine. (laughs) Oh my god, that would look funny, actually. So that's a wrap on today's wine lesson. So without further ado, or before we enter the little story time I have, let's take a little wine break and we'll be right back. Okay, so let's let's dive into my Seattle trip. So in total, I have three experiences that I'm going to talk about. Actually four, but one of them is very short and discreet. So I don't have a lot to say about experience number three. So experience number one is the winery that I got this wine pairing from. And it's called, like I mentioned, Audacity Winery. And it's from Alexandria Nicole Sellers. And just a quick run through of what I read in their website. It says, the state-of-the-art Alexandria Nicole Sellers Winery, named for Allie Boyle, who is the owner's wife, I think, was constructed in September of 2004. It was designed to suit the production of small lot handcrafted wines. Oh my god. (laughs) I shouldn't have sparkling wine on this show. Anyway, um, a small lot handcrafted wines overlooking the majestic Columbia River, the site of Alexandria Nicole Sellers Winery and Vineyard provide an awe-inspiring backdrop for several special events for wine and food enthusiasts and for community fundraisers. So I'm guessing that this actual vineyard is in the east part of Washington State. Because that's where there's a lot of nice scenery. And that'd be really cool if I visited it. But I, so I went to Seattle, but my Airbnb was in Capitol Hill. And if you've been to Seattle, um, Capitol Hill is just a little, another little city next to it. And it was actually a cute little, a cute little town. Um, it, to me, it looked like a college town. If, if I had to compare it, compare it to a town here in California, I would compare it to Berkeley I think if my boyfriend's listening he would roll his eyes but that's literally how I felt there I felt like it was just a place where you can walk anywhere and that's what we did we that on it was on a Friday we decided to just walk like we walked to see where it would let us and I remember we went to a park and we found this cute spot to take a picture by the space needle and then we kept walking And I remember thinking like, no, oh, because we were trying to go to the Starbucks Reserve. And I was like, no, like, 
GPS is saying that we that it's faster to drive, but we ended up walking and it was just up the street in like 15 minutes. I found this winery because we were walking <laughs> and I saw this sign like the area that we were walking in and it looked like just a industrial area because there was just buildings. Um, apparently there was a cheesecake factory there, but I didn't see it. And then I turned to a window and I see a sign that says, I'd rather be someone's glass of wine than everyone's cup cup of tea. And I thought, I thought that was so cute. So I was trying to like take a picture of it, but I didn't realize that it was like a window. <laughs> and then I just see like two two women inside like looking at me and I, I was really trying to get a picture of the of the plaque because of the glare was like messing it up so I kept I literally was standing there for probably like a minute and I saw them looking at me and I was I was really embarrassed but they were cool about it and then they said hi and so I said hi back and then I noticed that it was a wine a winery so I was like oh and and then I saw like their little sign outside and they were promoting like a Valentine's Day Bellini type drink. So it's kind of like a mimosa. So that's what got us to go in. And automatically the girls were so nice. Their names were Kat and Dion. Shout out to you guys. I told you about this podcast. I hope they're listening. <laughs> but you guys were really cool. They uh, right away were, were very welcoming. But at the same time, they also gave us like our space to try their wines which was really cool because i think that's a very good hosting tactic is to really talk to your customers or to the people coming in but also giving them space at the same time and they did that and i really admired that and this winery had a lot of wine they had white red rosé sparkling and it, it was a cute aesthetic like if you follow the podcast Instagram, I posted some pictures and they have like cute lights on the wall. They have cute couches and cute merch. I was thinking of buying more merch. I should have bought a shirt or something, but Kat and Dion were actually from California too, or I think they lived in California for a little bit, but they were from the Bay Area. And so we bonded that way because um, I go to school at UC Berkeley and my boyfriend did as well and lived in the bay for a little bit so we were just all talking and bonding and they were telling us more about Washington and like the wines because I was telling them that I really like wine and um, I think it was Kat she brought up how she's from Walla Walla I think and it was so funny because she was like oh did you know like the slogan for Walla Walla County is the city's so nice they named it twice and I that was just really funny she told us that and she was just saying how they grow a lot of nice wine there and we're just it, just, it was just a, a 10 out of 10 experience I really liked that one their flights were really good as well um I got the let me double check I took a picture of their menu and I got the cozy winter nights red flight because it's just red wines and it was just it was so cute in there they even have like a white flight and a white wine spritzer flight because they also sell canned spritzers it was really cute and i mean i don't know if you guys are in seattle or want to go to seattle i recommend this wine bar it's a cute small business wine bar and they're really nice as well oh my god i also i also didn't mention that the back of their bottle 
Um, so I think once I finish this bottle, I'm going to see the stains better. Um, I'm only halfway done, but um, they have it's, there's a lot of adulting, quote-unquote adulting quotes on this label. And let me read some of them. It says, in my defense, I was left unsupervised. <laughs> Give me wine and tell me I'm pretty. So it turns out being an adult is just Googling things. I'm right... I'm ride or die till about 9 p.m. or so. That one, oh my god, that one's me. I am not, especially because I'm turning 26. Pulled in all day or yet today. It was rough. Dude, that's gonna be me tomorrow. And then the last one I'm gonna read. Yet despite the look on my face, you are still talking. So yeah, I rate this experience 10 out of 10 they were really cool their wines were good and i mean i bought a bottle i mean that's how much i like this place so on to experience number two and that is this restaurant called 2120 and this was actually recommended to me by one of my friends <laughs> and actually it was funny so if you listen to my birthday episode that was last week's episode um, and I mentioned how I wouldn't get blackout drunk again in my late 20s. And this day that I went to 2120, I was actually so hungover, dude. Like, the day before, I did the dumbest mistake. And this is like a dumb amateur drinking. This is something that a 21-year-old would do. But yet, I'm 25 and I did this in Seattle. So I started my night this was Friday night because I went to the restaurant Saturday. Friday night, I went out, got a beer. You know, just chilling, got a beer. Then after that, I was like, you know what? I want something else. I want something sweet. So I got a sangria. Already the beer before the sangria was bad. Beer before liquor, never been sicker. But anyway, I ignored it. And I drank sangria. And then we were done at that place. And then we went to the next one because we were bar hopping and before this i was like oh i'm gonna drink water before every bar like i'm gonna pace myself i didn't fucking do that the second place tell me why i got an espresso martini and not just any espresso martini because espresso martinis i guess come with vodka like in general this one had bourbon bourbon i had beer wine and then bourbon and with espresso <laughs> like what the fuck was he doing and then it's if you thought it ended there it did not no after that i got not one but two cocktails with mezcal mezcal dude like what the anyway just know, just, just, you can just imagine how my hangover was the next day. The hangover lasted until probably 5 p.m., 6 p.m., because we took a nap. I, I had to. I was like, dude, babe, I need to take a nap. Like, I just, I can't stay out, which sucks. Like, this is why I say I won't, I'm going to try not to do that again, because we had to go back and just nap when we could have done other things but i woke up at six because we were gonna go out to the space needle at night and i still felt weird like on the ride to the space needle i felt nauseous but 
anyway that was context <laughs> or just unnecessary context actually because when i got to 2120 i still felt kind of weird and i was like you know we're hungry but i don't know if like dude i don't know if i want alcohol but once i sat down it was just a really nice restaurant a nice environment and i was like you know what like i'm just gonna get a glass of wine like that's it um that didn't end up happening but i was like i need at least a glass of wine with my food and i already knew what i was gonna order because i tried duck at the next restaurant that i'm gonna talk about and i really loved it i never tried duck before and it was so good so at this restaurant i was like i need i'm gonna order that again so i ordered duck and if you heard my last episode i was shocked because okay so i sat down and i was like okay i'm gonna order duck and like i said i wanted to put my wine knowledge to the test so i was like okay duck is a meat obviously but it's not like as fatty as beef so it's a leaner meat i guess um i i suck at descriptor words but i knew that a good wine pairing for that type of meat is like a medium body or just like a red not too bold like cabernet i needed something a little less bold so i looked at their wine list and i was like you know what i want to try something from washington obviously since i'm here and i saw a couple and uh, i saw i was trying to look for the red and i found a couple and then i saw syrah and i was like i know syrah is bold but it's under cabernet or i think it's medium i'm not sure okay so i looked it up and it is a full-bodied wine i don't know why i thought i didn't it wasn't but i that one stood out to me i was like i know i think this one's gonna pair well with it so i ordered it and it came and it tasted great with the duck but what i didn't notice until later was that the syrah came from walla walla county or walla walla valley in washington and that's like one of the prestigious places to grow wine there and i was like what i'm getting so good at this and it tastes it tasted really good the duck at this place was so good and i i've before seattle i've never had duck and they the portion in this restaurant was good and we also got mussels for an appetizer and that was so good as well the the service was great the sommelier and that's why i pointed out in the wine segment to don't be afraid to talk to a sommelier because this sommelier or this waitress in this restaurant was very helpful. I asked for recommendations and she's the one that told me, like she pointed out a couple reds and Syrah was one of them. And she also gave recommendations to my boyfriend about um, what like typical drinks or sign- signature drinks they have in this restaurant. And, you know, she recommended it, he got it, and it was actually really good. And it looked really cute, too. So this place was just 10 out of 10 as well. It was next to the Amazon Spheres in Seattle, which was pretty cool, too, because you get that that view while you're eating. And actually, another good thing that I really liked about this is that we went in without reservations, and they still took us. Um, They weren't, like, hesitant or, like, mean about it. And we didn't even wait that long. Actually, we didn't wait at all, which was really nice. Okay, so experience number three. And this one's going to be brief because it was a last-minute thing. I went to Pike Place. And 
I saw their sign. Like, I don't know if you've been to Pike Place in Seattle or just any, like, market by the ocean type of place. Um, I I wanted to compare it to Grand Central Market, but it's not like that. It's way bigger. Um, there's a lot of little floors and hallways. And in one of the hallways, I saw a sign that says, oh, uh, enjoy wine tasting with a nice view. And I was like, yes, I need to go. <laughs> so we followed that and we went to this winery or like the wine tasting room. And it was called White Heron Cellars. And the wines are from Art Artisanal Washington. Or Artisanal Washington Wines is the brand. Um, and it's literally in Pike Place. And it was really cute, actually. I'm going to post that picture as well. That, that view was nice. And they had a lot of interesting wines there. They also had this special going on. And my boyfriend actually got it, but oh, I forgot what it was called. But the name had like medieval in it because the, it tasted like ponche. I don't know if you, if you have, if you're listening and you had ponche, but it was like a warm wine drink and it tasted like ponche because it tasted like it had cinnamon and like other fruit flavors, but the, the name was like medieval something. And it was just interesting because I think it was trying to like say like, oh, this drink is like what they did in medieval, medieval times or whatever. But yeah, they had that and then they had a flight that I got and the flight was very interesting. Um, I mean, the flight had all their wines and the last one was a dessert wine. And that one was so sweet. I even asked because they had like food there or not food, but like things to eat, obviously, like like a, a charcuterie type of thing and chocolate so i asked for a piece of chocolate to eat with the sweet one and it tasted really good it was a truffle um but the wines before the sweet one like the whites and the red like they were good but they looked kind of weird like like he poured this red one he was like oh we're gonna start with the reds and then he poured it and i'm like this looks orange like it's <laughs> It's not red, but it did taste different. So this experience was definitely like a 8 out of 10 maybe, just because I was taken aback. I was like, dang, like I never had wines like this. I wish I could rem remember my exact, like, oh my gosh. I should have taken notes, but one of the wines I tasted, I think it was a, a red one. I tried it, and I was like, like, not that I didn't like it, but it tasted very tarty. Like, it was very tart. Tartar, tartar. <laughs> More tart than I'm used to. Um, but it was very interesting. They also had beer, their own beer. Um, but the view was nice. So the view, the experience was great. I loved it. And last but not least, this is the experience that left me very confused or not confused but just I don't know what to think about this experience I I loved this experience but I also was the way it made me feel I don't think it's worth 10 out of 10 it, it'll make sense once I once I tell it okay so this Seattle trip like I mentioned in the I think I mentioned this in the third episode that it 
this was to celebrate our anniversary slash Valentine's Day. So, of course, when we bought the tickets ahead of time, we were like, hey, we should do something very special. And something about my boyfriend and I is that we love experience and we we are willing to spend money on that. So he brought up how he's always wanted to try a Michelin restaurant. And I actually never heard of that. And if you've never heard of that, a Michelin restaurant or I guess the award is called Michelin Star. And a Michelin Star is awarded for outstanding cooking. I'm reading this from Google and it says we take into account the quality of the ingredients, the harmony of the flavors, the mastery of techniques, the personality of the chef, just as importantly, consistency both over time and across the entire menu, blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> that's a Michelin star. And that means that's to me, I was like, well, that's that's bougie fine dining. And we tried to find stuff like that in Seattle and they were all booked up which surprised me. So we found something close to that and we reserved, you know, we had to make a reservation and we had to make a deposit. I'm not going to say which restaurant it is because I don't want y'all to look it up, <laughs> but we went and it was already like very different than what I'm used to. Just a context, the only quote unquote bougie restaurant I've been to was Ruth's Chris. And if you've been to Ruth's Chris, I mean, I don't know if you agree with me, but to me, I thought that's bougie. They don't even serve their wine the way I described it in this episode. But um, that was my impression of bougie. So when I went to this restaurant, I was very surprised. But it was very nice. Like, it was very elegant. I liked it. I loved the layout. And the view was bomb. I'm going I'm to post a picture. That view, like, if seattle had nice weather that view would look very nice and it's funny because when we got there the waiter was like oh you guys came at a perfect time because we went at 5 p.m and he was like this is golden hour and then you look out in this nice window and it's like cloudy because seattle is always cloudy i just thought that was funny because little did he know we're californian people and we're like no this is not golden hour Okay, and then we sit down, and already I'm like, oh shit, like, this is bougie. I First thing I did, I was like, where's the, where's the wine list? And I got the wine list, or more accurate word is wine book. Yes, it's a wine book. And you want to know how long that book is? Get ready. This wine list was 92 pages. I'm not kidding. I'm going to post a picture of me with my little dress, my dolled up look, and this wine list. Because I was like, holy shit. I was, I was so overwhelmed. I thought I knew what I knew, and I didn't. So anyway, I looked through the wine list, and that's when I, I did the mistake of not asking. Well, no, I did ask for a recommendation, but I didn't ask more questions. And of course, she recommended me the most expensive ones. Or not expensive. Like, they were just expensive. And I was like, um, okay, thanks. And again, I was going down it, and I was like, okay, which one's cheap? And so I, I got the cheapest one, low-key. Like, that's how I chose my wine. Well, first I chose the kind of wine I wanted, and then I tried looking for the cheapest one in that category because they sectioned it off by type of wine and then by region. So once I picked my wine, the waitress goes, 
and then the sommelier comes out with the wine and this is why i did the wine lesson on the wine etiquette because he literally comes and dude he was the definition of wine snob and i didn't know like i heard wine snob before but i've never come across one or i didn't know what would make you one but once i saw him dude i was like oh like this is it he didn't even make eye contact with me the whole time and so he brings the wine and like i said he shows me the wine bottle so i can improve the label and like I said, my naive dumbass didn't research this before and I didn't know that's what he was doing. So he like shows it to me and it took me like five seconds to realize what he was doing. And I just said, oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, thanks. And so, you know, he opens it. And then actually something that I didn't mention before, but that he did was that he brought his own glass, dude. He brought his own glass and he poured his own own wine from our bottle that we paid for and in my head i'm like okay maybe this is his way of tasting it to make sure it's good but then at the same time i'm like dude you owe us 10 bucks at least for that little sip <laughs> like oh my god and then you know i guess he approves it so then he he oh he also didn't like do the cork thing which i don't remember but I don't think he did because I would have been way confused. And I'm glad he didn't because I didn't know that was what the cork thing was for. So he just went ahead and poured me a little bit. <laughs> and this is the funny part. So my boyfriend and I are sitting there watching him like open it. And he pours me a glass. Well, actually, he pours me very little. Like very little on mine. And then he stops. Holds the bottle and looks like to the side and just stands there and i'm like dude i swear i swear i felt i felt like this took me more than five seconds to realize what he was doing because there was a long pause and i was like i was expecting him to pour me more or to pour my boyfriend next and he was just standing there and the worst part is that he wasn't looking at me so i was like what the fuck do i do and literally i just i just did what my instinct told me to do and i got it and i smelled it and i i smelled it and i drank just drank the like a little sip and i was like yeah yeah this is good but i i did this without knowing and it turns out i was kind of right but like i said in the beginning like i heard that you're not supposed to drink it you're just supposed to smell it so i don't i don't know if you thought anything about that but after that, I, I felt so embarrassed, dude. I was like, I know nothing. I thought I knew things and I know nothing. So then, of course, after that, he pours us and he leaves. But I was like, dude, you didn't even talk to us. Like, what's your name? You are you drank some of our wine. Why don't you sit with us and eat with us? Like, what? <laughs> I was... After that, I felt so flustered. I was like, I was hot. I felt like people were looking at me, laughing at me. Like, oh, this wannabe wine sommelier is here. And she didn't even know common wine etiquette. And then another thing that, like, threw me off about the service part was, okay. So, I, so this was a six-course thing. And three of the courses were a surprise. So she was like, this is just the chef's choice. And the other three, we had to choose. But then, of course, she's like, oh, if, if you have any allergies, let me know. 
And I don't have any food allergies that I knew of at that time. <laughs> so I said no. But I knew I was allergic to buckwheat. And I didn't know that you can cook with that or like that was something that you ate. I thought that was a, a like a grass because when I found out about it, I was playing softball and I played in a lot of different fields. And, you know, that's how I found out it was a grass. Tell me why, literally, oh my god, tell me why the first course that they bring out had buckwheat in it. I, I was already freaking out and I was like, I was like, baby, you have to eat this for me. Like, I can't eat this. And he was nervous too because we were both new newbies and like fine dining. Oh my god, it's raining. Oh my god, it's raining hard. But yeah, so he, in the end, we were like, okay, no, like, let me just be the nice person and tell my waitress, you know what, I'm sorry. Like, let me just tell her the truth. Like, I didn't know. Tell me why when I tell her, she has like an annoyed face and she's like, oh, okay. And then she takes my plate and then leaves. I was like, oh, okay. Maybe I should have just done the barbaric thing and gave it to my boyfriend. But yeah so that kind of made me feel weird and i was like oh my god like i literally felt like people were looking at me oh my god sorry if you hear the rain it's actually raining really loud but honestly the highlight of this experience was just the wine that i picked honestly it was a great wine and if you heard my last episode i said that again I didn't notice that I picked it from a great wine region or like a city in the wine region. I picked it from Oregon because I knew, okay, again, I was like, I want a Pinot Noir. Um, and I knew that Pinot Noir is good in Oregon. And so I picked that one, but I didn't know it was from Will Willamette Valley. And Will Willamette Valley is a good, it is, is a wine region or a wine country in Oregon. Kind of like Napa is to California. And I was like, damn, dude. Like, this this wine was good. And it was. It was good. And it went really great with all the foods that they gave us. The different courses that they gave us were just very unique. And that's why I think this experience was not... It, like, I, I loved it. it. It wasn't bad. Like, I don't want to... The, the, the reason why I spoke about it like that was because the service was kind of weird. Like, I'm not used to it. Maybe also because I was very amateur or, like, naive of me in the wine aspect. And, like, just fine dining in general. But, like, the food was good. Like, now I know why. Oh, my God. Was that thunder? <laughs> now I know why, like, they serve you little portions like that. Because they really were little portions. And I'll post that in my story as well. Um, because there's six of them that are coming and some of them aren't that small. Some of them are three different things in one. Um, so it was just, it was really good. The flavors were unique. I never tried that anywhere else. I remember one of them had like a sauce that was, that she said it was like the root from the celery or something like that. I don't know. It was just, it was really good, but I give this experience an, a seven out of 10 and it's only for the service. Actually, the, like, I got to give a shout out to Pepper Girl. <laughs> so, 
So I talked about the wine snob sommelier and like our waitress who was mean. But dude, there was this one girl that went around and all, all she did was just offer people pepper. And she came to us and she was like, would you guys like some pepper? And dude, just her like coming up to us and talking to us like that, like I felt seen. I felt at home for that little second that she, she was here giving us pepper. Like she was so nice. Shout out to you, pepper girl. Okay, so the rain is obviously raining down on my parade and it's ruining my sound. So I'm just going to end this episode here. I'm sorry if this was long. I actually didn't expect this to be that long. But like I said, I picked a topic that I just wanted to talk about and it just rambled on. And I just hope you liked it. I hope you thought that was interesting. Maybe if you go out to a restaurant and order wine, you'll at least know a little more than I did and you'll be more prepared. So thank you guys for listening and thank you guys for tuning in every week for following the Instagram, uh, the podcast Instagram at the Chatty Fox Pod. And before I go, I just want to mention the wine pairing for my next episode. And the wine pairing will be Chronic Cellars Petite Syrah. Ooh, what? The rain stopped? <laughs> no, I'm recording this on a separate day because I didn't know at the time what wine I was going to use. But now I found it. It's Chronic Cellars Petite Syrah. It's a 2020 Paso Robles Petite Syrah. <laughs> and uh, I got it for about... $13 at Bethmo and you can also find it at Total Wine. Um I don't know. I think I've seen it at grocery stores as well, but if you're interested in drinking that wine with me next week, then you can find them at your local grocery store or at Bethmo and Total Wine. I hope you guys had a good time drinking with me. I hope you guys had a glass of wine and drank it with me. And if you did, actually please, I would love it if you took a picture of it, posted it, tagged my podcast Instagram. I would appreciate it. Just show some love, show some support, show me what you're drinking. And I hope you had a good time. Thank you so much. And don't forget to like, subscribe. And if you liked my podcast, you can leave a five-star review, some nice words. Remember, be nice. I, I'm sensitive. Don't be mean. <laughs> anyway, I'll see you next week. Bye.